Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome into the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns. We are checking in for your Thursday episode with a couple different things from the website that I really think are worth sharing. Um, if you have not checked them out, a lot of good things going on in terms of analysis of contracts, players, all the above. This is going to be heavily draft-focused, as most of these podcasts are over the next seven days as we're now one week out from the draft. But it is noteworthy that the Browns signed defensive end Isaac Rochelle. Uh, Rochelle's been around the league a little bit, uh, a couple different teams. He's a Notre Dame guy, came out in the 2017 draft. He ends up being a seventh-round pick of the Chargers. He was most recently with the Colts um, for the 2021 season. I think he was picked 225, if I recall. So 63 games, nine starts for him, 86 tackles, nine and a half sacks, three pass breakups, one interception, 12 games of action last year with 17 tackles. So, you know, just like Stephen Weatherly, they are really trying to churn the bottom of the roster here in terms of improving or bringing some elevation to those fringe uh, defensive ends at the bottom of the roster. I mean, Chase Winovich is going to be directly competing with these guys, so it's worth noting um, with Stephen Weatherly and Isaac Rochelle, that these are the guys kind of competing to be that fourth, third, or fourth edge. I don't think, I think two things are true. I still expect Jadavian Clowney to sign back with Cleveland. I still think they're going to draft some sort of edge threat. So between Weatherly, Rochelle, Winovich, you're probably looking at two of those three making the roster, maybe just one if they decide to only keep four. So you're really bringing in as much competition as you can possibly bring to make the roster. So I like it. I think it makes a lot of sense for the situation, improve. Not necessarily a, a promise of improving anything, but it does bring NFL caliber players where the Browns don't really, along the the fringe of their defensive line right now, have NFL caliber players with real experience. Rochelle and Weatherly give you those options, right? Otherwise, they bring in Javon Wims, who is a veteran receiver, another seventh round pick by the Chicago Bears in 2018. He's got 28 catches, 266 yards, and two touchdowns in 33 career games. Mostly a special teams guy. That was from 18 to 20 with the Bears. He was weighed by the Bears just last year on the uh, final roster cuts. Ended up on the uh, Las Vegas Raiders practice squad. Played his college football at Georgia. Not much to talk about here. Kind of a Jamarcus Bradley type, a guy who will be on the practice squad more than likely. Can, can you know, in a situation arrives where they need to bring up a guy to be the fifth or sixth receiver. Wims has at least been in that situation in the NFL. He can handle that role. So, Fine. I don't have really anything to say about a lot of these guys. Most of them are sort of jags, uh, in, in a sense, just other, just another guy sort of is that uh, mantra. But Weatherly has some potential. I think Weatherly, of all of them, has proven the most, but we'll see if that ends up yielding any results going into this year. Otherwise, some things on the site, I think there's one thing I want to reiterate uh, is available for you, and that's the Denzel Ward contract structure that Jack Duffin wrote about. You should read that. It's phenomenal. It's one area that I am not great with, which is the salary cap, and that's why we brought Jack on to teach everybody who is a subscriber with us everything you can know about the salary cap because Jack does the homework, and he's studying this all the time. So he breaks this thing down year one, year two, what the base salary looks like, what the signing bonus looks like, what the uh, uh, 2023 and beyond option bonuses look like, what the cap numbers change to, and how this stuff gets paid out. And there's an interesting little nugget about year five and six how the Browns structured option years that they can have some decision on the player, and then the 2.5 million roster bonus that's due at a certain time of year that does give Ward some benefit if the two decide to split ways. So go check that out. That's just one of the many benefits of being an OBR subscriber. I really urge you to take advantage of that. Uh, Otherwise, today's 20 prospects in 20 days is D-lineman 
defensive tackle, specifically Perry on Winfrey from Oklahoma, a guy that the Browns and have been connected to, somebody that you should know about at this point. He's um, an interesting prospect. So out of high school, he had some offers, but he did not qualify. Academic trouble that kept some teams away. Um, he had several Power 5 offers, but it kept him away uh, because he didn't qualify for Division One. you got to get through the clearinghouse. He didn't qualify. So he, he went to uh, JUCO to get his grades right for two years, Iowa Western Community College, where he was the number one, ended up being the number one JUCO recruit in the cycle just a couple years ago. He had offers from everybody important, Alabama, Texas, Penn State, LSU, ended up committing to Oklahoma, plays his junior, senior year, has a really nice set of uh, years there to to prove that he can be a nice passer, pass rusher from the interior. He's going to be 21 and three quarters at the draft. He's uh, September, sorry, an August 15th birthday, so he'll play his rookie season at 22, 6'3 and a half, 290. He's from Mayfield, or sorry, Mayfield, Maywood, Illinois. He was two times, he was second team all Big 12. I think, in my opinion, he's a pick 44 bust player. Didn't run. Uh, he had, a, had an injury, uh, so he didn't run uh, and, and perform enough to get a RAS score. Uh, so he didn't do the jump shuttles or bench because of a hamstring injury at the combine. So I don't think it bothers me that much, much like Alex Wright yesterday, a player that I think on tape shows enough athletic ability that I'm not really overly concerned about his lack of uh, testing data. He had five and a half sacks last year, 13 hurries, 23 pressures. Nice player. Winfrey projects to be a starting three-tech in an attacking 4-3 scheme with the positional flexibility to also reduce down and work at nose, says Sports Info Solutions. His toughness, effort, and pass rush ability will give him the opportunity to make an impact during his rookie year. Due to his limited interior run stuff ability, third downs and pass rush situations will be where he'll be featured the most and get to the, you know get an opportunity to get after the quarterback, and he'll do best by that as a rushing, penetrating three-tech. Dane Brugler has him as the number 53 player on his board overall, number four at the position. A two-year start at Oklahoma, Winfrey lined up in the nose guard role in former defensive coordinator Alex Grinch's 3-3-5 base scheme. It was tough to get an accurate read on him in the Sooner slanting front. However, his skills were unleashed at the senior bowl and allowed scouts to see the flashes of dominance. Strong, strong hands. Winfrey has an imposing frame length that no blocker wants to deal with, playing with the shock in his hands to jar blockers or toss bodies from his path. His tendency to play tall and an inability to break down and be flexible leads to some misplays in the backfield. But overall, Winfrey needs to just improve that pad level, play with more discipline, but his size, energy, and power in the hands help him to terrorize blockers. And Dan closes with, he has NFL starting level traits. I agree. Winfrey would be a good player. Pick 44. No problem with that. I think he fits more of the body type, the player type, than Travis Jones does at the position. Um, just the type of defensive tackle, think like Sheldon Richardson types. I think that, uh, you know, not that Andrew Barry signed Sheldon Richardson, but that's the type of defensive tackle I think they're going to be looking for. So there's a film up there on Winfrey. You can check that out. Plenty of great stuff. I want to share the six prospects who fit Cleveland Browns uh, draft profiles like a glove. This is from Corey Kennan. He did a fantastic job on this. Okay. So these are guys who fit the mold of everything the Browns look at. Athletic testing, production, and age, they fit it all. He ended up talking about a couple guys, three guys that don't fit that are really good football players. Okay, Devontae Wyatt, because he's 24 years old. Listen, good defensive tackle, all right? Good player. Something he's better than Jordan Davis among the interior Georgia defensive line prospects, but he's 24. So another issue here from a guy who's pretty old is Ebiketti from uh, Arnold Ebiketti from Penn State. I hope I'm pronouncing his last name right. 
is the 40th ranked prospect in the class, potential first round guy, and would be a steal at pick 44, but the only box he really checks to the Browns is the athletic profile. He's far outside those age guard rails and um, lacks the ideal height length that the Browns look for. And then lastly, Justin Ross, because of you know the tape, he lacks explosiveness, testing numbers don't back it up. His age and measurables are just okay, so that he doesn't totally fit. Even though guys like Matt Waldman like him. That's the thing about draft time. Some people love him, some don't. So guys that we've talked about on this pod, here are the fits for Corey. Drake Jackson, the edge from USC. Young, very young. He's not even going to turn 22 until after his entire first season. Okay? Um, you know, the only issue here, he says, is Jackson's tape is just not that good from 2021 after a strong tape from earlier in his career. He has flashes of pops to win on the outside. But uh, he got a, he's got a little ghost move that he can use, but it's just not consistent enough. But young, developmental, interesting player. Nick Cross, a safety from Maryland. Man, this this is even crazier. Nick Cross is super young. He is our next player up on our 20 for 20. I should say 20 in 20. So check that out on the OBR website. But Nick Cross is, he's so young. Okay. And he's he's he was recruited by a bunch of big schools. Ended up at Maryland after he ended up uh, originally committing to Florida State. Goes to Maryland uh, just for the sake of staying close. You know he didn't trust what was going on at Florida State. He's on the fastest forty yard dashes from a safety ever at four three four. He had ten ten on the broad jump, twenty one bench reps. All of those are in the ninetieth percentile. And rounded out testing number with a solid three cone short shuttle and vertical jumps. He doesn't even turn twenty one. Until before, not even 22, he doesn't turn 21 until just before the start of the season. He makes a ton of sense. Thomas Booker, defensive tackle from Stanford. Eventually I will put him in the prospects. He's a young player. He's 22 years old from Stanford. A, you know, He's probably in that, uh, that pick 118, pick 202 range, or if they get an additional pick, spotty tape. But he has a sub, uh, sub 5 second 40. Blazing agilities for his size, 31 bench reps, and 9.88 relative athletic score. So if you're taking a shot late, that's a player who can make a ton of sense. Defensive tackle. Daniel Bellinger, I've talked about Bellinger many times. Okay, He's going to be 21.7, even though he had five years of college football. 4'6", 3'40", 9.66 RAS all in because his broad jump and vertical jump were strong. So if they go with like pick 99, I could see them picking him, pick 118. I think he's going to be higher than the simulators have given him credit for. So Bellinger is one. And then lastly, he has two players I think definitely fit here. JT Woods, a safety from Baylor, is a little later in some of these drafts. Freakishly athletic, 4-3-6-40 is a safety. 10 and 20-yard splits are in the 90th percentile. 10-8 broad, 6-2, big kid. Um, if he was on the board to pick 99, they could take him. Or if they move if they move back a little bit, it's a guy that uh, Corey is very into. And then George Pickens. We don't have to talk too much about Pickens. You know, he's big-bodied, ex-receiver. It's just if he can stay healthy. Tore that ACL. Staying healthy is his big thing. He's still young, man. 21, 33-inch vertical, 447, 6'3", 195, 9.37 RAS score all in. It's an interesting player, man. Could really challenge at X if he's there, if they like him enough. If they like him enough, they could take him there at 44. I don't think if you if you move off 44, I don't think you're going to get it. Uh, you know, you're not going to get that player any later. So those are six prospects from Corey Kennan that I think are well worth uh, that are well worth being noted as perfect fits for the Browns from an all angles perspective. We've talked about many of those players, but I just wanted to remind you of them. Okay, so. 
We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to do our usual close on a mock, but I want to talk about another article that has three trade down opportunities. Okay. So be back. Quick word from our sponsors. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, welcome back. We are talking about an article that was posted today. And I really didn't have the intention of highlighting all these OBR articles, but I think there's just so many good things that are worth discussing. Anthony Reinhardt did a great job last week of pointing out trade-up opportunities, but he used the Jimmy Johnson trade and the Fitzgerald Spielberger uh, charts to look at three trade-back opportunities that make sense for the Browns. And we're going to apply one to our daily mock here, okay? Saints trade forward again. So the Browns, here's an option. Browns would get pick 49 and 120 from the Saints. The Saints would get Cleveland's pick 44 and 246 a year. You're dropping five picks in the second round, but you're jumping up 120 picks from 246. So the Saints have shown a unique willingness to trade forward in recent years, either moving forward or spending picks to move into the draft altogether, all in, as we saw with pick 13 this year. Of their draft day trade since 2014, not even including the first round swap this year, the Eagles, this trade gives the Saints a chance to move ahead of teams like the Bears at 48, Ravens at 45, who may be primed to select an offensive tackle. The downside of the move is that the Commanders at pick 47, Bears and the Saints might be considering taking a receiver in area for the Browns. So that, yes, you're giving up a little bit. So if there's maybe not a receiver you love at 44, you could slide back and get a, you, you know address a different position at 49 while also getting a spring forward into pick 120. So that's an interesting angle. The Patriots get a little hungry for pick 99. So they get pick 99. Cleveland gets back 127, 170. Because reminder, Cleveland doesn't have any picks between 118 and 202. So they'd get back 127, 170, and then a 2023 fourth round uh, pick, which is something that Andrew Barry likes to do, gather picks. You obviously want to gather a pick giving up your first round pick next year. You want to gather something back. That'd be nice. New England has all the trappings of a potential trade partner as they have made five more draft trades, 21 total, than any other team over the last four decades. Patriots are also not opposed to trading forward have more than enough draft capital to facilitate a number of moves if they like a guy who is still available. The trade allows the Patriots to move forward 28 spots into the tail end of day two while giving the Browns a fifth-round pick 
this year and a fourth round pick in 23. The trade strongly favors the Browns in the Fitzgerald Spielberger model. Uh, model. The Browns would need to add an 88th overall pick in the current trade to even things out. But the Jimmy Johnson chart uh, frames this trade as a very highly, uh, very slightly favor for the uh, Patriots. And then a classic trade back here, which would be the Browns give up their pick 78, and um, uh, and I think they give up pick 78 to Green Bay and pick 223. They get back 92 from Green Bay and then push forward a 2023 third-round pick. So the Packers are a team at a crossroad, is what uh, you know Anthony says here, with Aaron Rodgers uh, on the cusp of hanging up the cleats. So they're, they're going to be all in. They hold four of the first 59 picks in the draft after trading Devontae Adams. He's trying to accumulate young, cheap talent to navigate the post-Rodgers world. More immediately, they'll want to give themselves the best chance at winning the Super Bowl here at the end for Rodgers. If a player they're considering at 52 and 59 is still around 19 picks later at 78, they might be inclined to call the Browns about a trade-up opportunity to vault up 14 picks from the 92nd spot. As we've seen in each of the last two drafts, they're going to rate for this type of movement is a future pick, and the the going rate is a is a future pick for this type of movement. With the seventh rounder going back to the, the to Green Bay, while it may not uh, be the Packers on this other side of this deal on day two, don't be surprised to see a trade with similar format as the Browns look to replenish their stock of future draft capital after the Watson trade. So let's keep these two deals in mind, see if there's an opportunity to get one of them done. We're going to try to. I'm doing this mock on fan speak. Surprising picks and fan speaks first round before we move forward. Jahan Dotson goes in the first round, pick 25. Okay, he goes to Buffalo. So first round wide receivers who have gone, Garrett Wilson went third to Houston. Then there was not a wide receiver selected until Drake London at 22, Jamison Williams at 23, Zion Johnson at 24, which leaves some interesting... Oh, Chris Olave was selected as well, and then Sky Moore was also picked. So we'll try to get to pick 44 now. We have some offers coming in. I don't think I want to move up any of those picks. Uh, so actually we have an offer from... Philly to go backward uh, seven picks, uh, get additional third in this draft. We're going to decline. We're going to try to keep in mind Anthony's uh, trades here when our spot comes up. So picks that have gone so far in round two, Traylon Burks has gone. They could move up for a player like that they like. But uh, as we sit here, wide receiver still on the board. Mechie Pickens is still on the board. Looks like you could get Alec Pierce, Justin Ross. Those are guys are still on the board at the top of this draft spot here. Logan Hall is still on the board. Perrion Winfrey still on the board. I think there's enough players here that you could feel comfortable moving back to 49 and uh, and, and being okay. So we're going to make uh, the option to move uh, seventh-round pick and pick 44 to New Orleans to give us an example of what type of player that we could get at this next slot. We'll get back pick 49 from them, and then we will get back, I believe, round four is pick 15 is 120. All right. Let's make sure we got it right. So 2022 draft. If we're looking at the fourth round, I think, is what we're going to be looking at. Let's make sure I don't have the right one because Fanspeak does them a little differently. So pick 120 is the 15th pick in the fourth round. So let's go ahead and do that. Let's make that trade. 
proposal. Let's see what they say. All right. Looks like they actually accepted it. Let's make sure we get it accepted. All right. So we are up now again uh, at pick, like I said, pick 49. Mechie went off the board. But there is a wide receiver we really like here, and that's George Pickens. So we will take George Pickens at that pick. Some guys on the interior D-line that I like, but I think that they really are going to like Pickens a good amount. So we'll see see what we have here. That's the trade that we made to pick up an additional pick there in the in the fourth round to have two fourth-round picks. Okay, so we are up now at pick 14 in round three, which is obviously pick 78. Guys who have gone off the board right before us, Brees Hall, Leo Chennault, Calvin Austin, guys still on the board. Some good edge players here. Drake Jackson still sitting on the board. Nick Benito still sitting on the board, which is an interesting player to still be available. The safety position, a lot of the guys we like still sitting there at the safety position. So, you know, I think at this spot, I'm probably going to feel inclined to take a defensive end in Drake Jackson. And we're going to off we're going to take him. So we're going Drake George Pickens then Drake Jackson. And we'll see what's up with pick 99 when that selection has the opportunity to land in our lap. Let's see if we can look at pick 99 now. There's some good players still on the board. Josh Pascal is still on the board, Tyreek Smith. Okay, they have Nick Cross a little lower on their board, so I'm going to take Nick Cross at pick 99. I think that's the lowest end of where Nick Cross could be uh, be available. So we have three players that we really like hitting the the uh, all-in version of what the Browns like in prospects. George Pickens at 49 uh, after we move back with the Saints. Drake Jackson at pick 78 from USC. And then Nick Cross at pick 99. Now we get up to pick 118. Okay. Some interesting tight ends are there. Greg Dolchich, specifically interesting to me. Okay, looking at everybody, the top of the board. James Cook is still there, a guy who I think might go pretty early, to be honest with you. On the D-line, you have Fidarian Mathis, Neil Farrell, Zach Carter, McCall. Okay, not anybody we really love at that spot, but that's okay. Um, Let's look at corner mm, corner thinned out pretty quick and the good thing for Cleveland is that they are not in the position to force any type of corner Troy Anderson as a linebacker is interesting Damon Clark is interesting as well offensive tackles Mac, Max Mitchell's interesting Dari Rosenthal very interesting player but I really like the tight end here Greg Dolchich if he's available I think we're going to go with Dolchich at this spot okay now we come up again Two picks later, because remember, we got back pick one, uh, 120 in this trade with the Saints. So we're up here. I mean, again, James Cook is there, and the Browns have flirted with tight ends along the D-line. Not going to force a player along the D-line just yet if I don't like him. So there's an option to take another receiver. Khalil Shakir is still here. He's an interesting option. But I think I want to take Max Mitchell, a nice offensive tackle for the future that could be a nice piece when Jack Conklin is done. 
So I, I like that pick of that player at that point. It's a very fair spot in the fourth round, pick 120. So we only have two picks left. There's somebody I'm hoping that we can be able to grab. We'll see if he's available when we get up here in the in the sixth round. Because remember, we gave up our last pick in the seventh round, so we only have two picks left. So not sure we're going to have anybody we want. I would like to get... Thomas Booker, if he's still available, but I think he was selected. Nope, he's still available. So we'll take Thomas Booker here in the sixth round. Uh, I think he goes higher than that. You know, this draft is pretty favorable uh, for for what we're looking for with Booker, Max Mitchell, Greg Dolchich, Nick Cross, Drake Jackson, George Pickens. Those are what we have so far. We have one more pick here in the seventh round, and... I would look at the running back situation and we continue to talk about the kid at USC, Keontae Ingram, as an interesting player for the Browns if he's on the board as a potential down the line running back for this uh for this situation with what seems like it could be uh you know Kareem Hunt's gone after this year. We have not seen an acceptance from Dearness Johnson of his select uh, his contract uh signing his uh, offer is tender so we'll see what happens there still some mystery but to reiterate George Pickens at pick 49 because we made a trade with the Saints where we moved back to pick 49 we liked a lot of the options that were there at pick 49 no matter who was there George Pickens was the guy we went with and then we picked up pick 120 and gave up our 243 in the seventh round so you get Pickens at pick 49 Drake Jackson at pick 78 Nick Cross at 99 again I think those guys might be gone by then but the simulator they're available Greg Dolchich at pick 118, pick 120, uh, offensive tackle Max Mitchell from Louisiana. Again, trying to build out tackles for, for situations that arrive. And then Thomas Booker at pick 202 in the sixth round. Booker's out of Stanford. We talked about him in the, as a nice fit for the Browns' profiles of what they look for in players. And then lastly, in the seventh round, they take Keontae Ingram, the running back from USC. That'd be a great draft. They got this draft. It would be an absolute home run. I just think the value of some of these players is a little skewed. So um, maybe setting some unreal expectations seven days out, but some of these players are guys that we have our eye on here. So this was fun. A lot of stuff learned from the OBR website. We're going to continue to talk about the draft a ton. I should have John Colosimo on for a Friday episode tomorrow if our schedules align. I think it will I think it will work out. So we'll have John on and talk about a bevy of different things. Then we'll have a couple weekend episodes for you. And then we're in draft week, which means draft week is in full board. That means we're gonna have a ton of content coming at you pretty quickly, all curtailed to who the Browns could pick in the draft. So thanks for checking out today's Thursday episode, guys. Appreciate your support. Appreciate everything you guys do with the OBR and downloading this podcast every single day. So have a great Thursday. And we'll check back in with you on Friday. And until then, go Browns.